Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We got to play better um, as a team. We know that. Um, but the good thing is, you know, if you lose 24-23 or 24-0, it's still a loss. So. Stay the course. That's all we can do. Stay the course. See the, see the tape, make the changes, and come back with energy. And, um, it's about really all you can do. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Yeah, buddy. Here we go, Raider Nation. The Silver and Black, they're in Sarasota, Florida. My man, Damon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio in Las Vegas, Nevada. And your boy, I'm hanging out in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> right? Let's all connect the dots here. One's in Florida, one's in Vegas, and one's in Tucson, Arizona. But here we are with you for the next three hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, the Raiders are practicing in Florida as they're getting ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars. DeMond's in Las Vegas because, well, DeMond's supposed to be in Las Vegas. He's holding it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, making sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to go. So the only question is, what in the hell, Q, are you doing in Tucson, Arizona at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday? Well, I'm glad you asked. And even if you didn't, I'm glad you asked because uh, my son, Lil' Q, is going to be playing a, a basketball game this evening against Arizona. Talked about it on the show probably a couple weeks ago when I first found out about it. The 17th-ranked Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, that, that, that team, that program. Remember, Lil' Q goes to Western Oregon, which is a D2 program. They're playing against the big boys uh, today in an exhibition game. So uh, me and the wife decided we'd fly down here and uh, surprise him. He does not know that we're in Arizona, but uh, we're going to be at the game in attendance this evening. It tips off at 7 o'clock, so I'm uh, going to go ahead and check that out. Apparently, according to Mama Q, she said that the game is actually going to be on the Pac-12 channel. So if you have the Pac-12 channel, you can check it out. You can see Lil' Q in, in action, and I call him Lil'. I don't know why. He's taller than me, but, you know, it is what it is. So uh, – that game will tip off at 7. So that's that's how the, the dots get connected. That's why I'm in Tucson, Arizona. We'll be back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio tomorrow. As soon as the game's over tonight, we'll take care of some business here and then fly back to Las Vegas and be back uh, in, in town tomorrow. So uh, everything will be back to normal. But just got an opportunity to get away and do the show and, and check out Lil' Q in his second year of, uh, of some uh, college ball. So we'll check that out a little later on this evening. So I'm pretty excited about that. But the Raiders continue to do what they do. In Sarasota, Florida, we'll be back on the practice field tomorrow. Uh, we got to hear from uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi earlier this morning. Also going to get to talk to uh, head coach Josh McDaniels tomorrow morning and potentially GM Dave Ziegler. I'm not 100% sure. The Raiders sent out an email saying that he was going to speak at 8 o'clock in the morning. Then all of a sudden they sent out an email that looks like he's not going to speak at 8 o'clock in the morning. So we'll see what happens. But for sure, tomorrow morning, the head coach, Josh McDaniels, will be speaking with uh, the media and will be joining him by way of Zoom. So that'll happen tomorrow. But right now, we got to get into today. Coming up on the show at 2.30, a guy who is in Sarasota, Florida right now, Vinny Bonsignor. You can catch him on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. Also, he does all his work for the RJ. Uh, you can check him out. He'll join us at 2.30 to tell us just what it's like. What's going on as the team is trying to bond? The team is trying to come together. The team is trying to figure out what in the hell went wrong on Sunday against the Saints in New Orleans. So we'll check in with Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, and we'll also talk to him about the trade deadline that came and went, and the Raiders did not make any moves. And 
I'll tell you, and I said it on yesterday's show, I didn't expect the Raiders to make any moves. I thought that that loss that they had on Sunday against the Saints took them out of the running to acquire talent. And I know that there's some folks out there that say, hey, you know what, there's a lot of trades that happen. Matter of fact, there was a record 10 trades that happened uh, for the trade deadline for the NFL, which is unbelievable. That just doesn't happen in the league. But today it was fast and furious. So many trades went down, and the Raiders didn't make any. So I know there's some folks out there that are saying, hey, you know what, there's teams like the Jaguars who went out and made a move for Calvin Ridley, who I didn't even realize. And, DeMond, I'll ask you. Let me start with you. Did you know that you could trade for a suspended player? I did I, not. Because I didn't know that. I was really surprised. And I know I don't know everything about the NFL. I, I think I know a lot, but I know that there's still things I'm learning. And that's obviously one of them, that you could trade for a, a player that's suspended because Calvin Ridley is on his way to Jacksonville, which is a great pickup for the Jaguars. They're not a team that they expect to win right now. But you know now, hey, you know what, they're starting to stack some talent there around Trevor Lawrence. It's not a bad deal at all. It's not a bad deal, but the I just the Jaguars, their Twitter account, they posted a meme of like, oh, yeah, we're making moves. And it's oh, like, really? hey, guys, he's not going to be able to be eligible to play right. until next September. Right. Like, let's pump the brakes, okay? Well, I'll tell you what. There's it's always, a good move in theory. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move for the for the long run for the Jaguars. But sometimes social media, the 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 teams, the social media groups, or whoever's in charge of social media, sometimes they get a little a little squirrely, a little out of control. Like the Jaguars don't have nothing to brag about right now. Right? I mean, they got about as much to brag about as the Raiders do. And they're both sitting there with two wins on the season. They'll both square up against each other coming up on Sunday. But, no, I think for the long term, I think it's a good move by the Jaguars. I just didn't know that it was possible. So it was really shocking when I saw that news. I was like, oh, wow, that's big. Trading for a suspended player. Didn't even know that was a thing. But, hey, big ups for them. So the Raiders didn't make a move. And Vinny uh, tweeted out earlier, no deals came to fruition for the Raiders today. They had various discussions, but nothing was consummated. So there you go. That's from uh, – Vinny Bonsignor, uh, my man Mickey, shout out to Mickey. He said, I guess after Deshaun, Adoka, Draymond, and now Riley's situation, anything goes. And if you don't know what he's talking about when it comes to Coach Adoka, it's so funny. Uh, Steve Nash got fired today with the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. And it's so funny because for the longest I've been saying that they hired the wrong coach in, in Brooklyn. I always thought that Coach Adoka was who they should be have it who should have been the coach there in Brooklyn anyway he went he was uh, the coach in Boston led him to the finals and then he gets suspended for the whole year because of whatever kind of um you know activities he had going on within the organization what kind of uh, you know shenanigans he was a part of and so then all of a sudden as soon as they find out that that Steve Nash is out I think it took about 15 minutes it felt like before it was like hey coach Adoka who's currently suspended for the Celtics is finalizing a deal to be the Brooklyn Nets head coach so that was no, really Q, that was a cute it was a coup I think they had this planned out but yeah. it's like when your girlfriend wants to break up with you but you going to break up too so yeah. I think with Steve Nash it was like hey Steve we got to talk ain't nothing to talk about <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been a good one. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I don't know when. Remember when Kevin Durant made the demand that hey, it's either me or the GM and the head coach. Uh-huh. Why didn't they just get rid of him then? I think they wanted to like test it out a little bit. Yeah. Like we can make this work, and then they go two and five, and it's like you know what, Steve. Steve is right. like, you know what? I can't. Hey, man, these bros got too many problems, man. Between KD wanting me out and the GM out and wanting to get out himself and. And you never know what you're going to get with Kyrie. You never know what kind of mood he's going to be in, what he's going to be tweeting, what he's going to be promoting. Like, ah. Traded a former MVP for a guy who don't want to shoot. Right. He's like, man, look, (laughs) man, this is too much for me. This is like soap opera material, man. I'm out, man. Let me go. Let me go coach in Sacramento with the Kings or something, man. At least the only thing they do is stink. Right. That's all. I I just got to figure out how to make them a winner. Right. (laughs) So let me up out of here. So, yeah, I I don't know. But now Coach Adoka is headed to Brooklyn. He's going to end up being the head coach there, which is 
wild. So, yeah, to Mickey's point, anything goes these days. But uh, the Raiders didn't make any move. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor tweeted that out. And I'll tell you right now, when he says that they had various discussions, I don't know what those discussions were. We'll talk to him at 2.30 about that. I will tell you right now, and, and I text my buddy Vegas Jess earlier today, I promise you the only thing that I thought was a possibility that was going to happen, and I had my fingers crossed, and my wife who's sitting right next to me right now in this hotel room that we're at, um, I, she'll tell you that I, I promise you this is the only concern I have for the Raiders today. I had my fingers crossed that they did not trade Josh Jacobs. And I, and I say this, I'll tell you why I say that before you jump all over me. I was concerned because there's multiple teams out there that were looking for running backs. And after the performance that the Raiders had on Sunday, I felt like, you know what, there's a chance that they could move on from a couple players as opposed to bringing in a couple players. And I thought, man, this dude's in the last year of his deal. You know, like all the worst, I'm thinking. He's the best player that they have right now, but uh, he's in the last year of his deal. If they can get a second-round pick for him, I know it's a good business move, but uh, I would hate to see that happen. So I just kept looking at the clock, looking at the clock, like, man, is it 1 o'clock yet? Is it one yet? As soon as one o'clock hit, I was, yes, Josh Jacobs is still a Raider. And then, of course, Adam Schefter tweets out a couple more. Wait, hold on. We got a couple more trades. And I was like, oh, hell. But it still wasn't uh, Josh Jacobs. So I'm good. I'm good with the Raiders not making any moves because, again, I just didn't think that they were in the position to make any moves. And we'll actually get to the trade deadline as it concerns uh, the silver and black coming up uh, in the opening drive. But Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us at 2.30. And he'll talk all things Raiders as they're in Sarasota, Florida, and also uh, the trade deadline. Coming up at 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest, John McClain, GallerySports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston. How about Brandon Cook's not getting traded? He's a guy that the Texans actually held out of practice for a couple days because everyone thought that he was going to be trade it looked like there was a conversation with the Cowboys and lo and behold it never happened so Brandon Cooks is still a member of the Texans we'll talk to him about all things NFL we'll talk to him about you know the trade deadline having all the trades that happen and you know what he thinks about it plus I want to ask him what he thought about the performance from the Raiders on Sunday because John's been covering the league for a very, very long time, right? I mean, he's been covering the league longer than I could even be, than I've even talked about the league, but he's been covering it like a glove. So I want to get his opinion on when he sees a performance like what the Raiders did and really that lackluster effort and look like they just didn't have any life. You know, what does that tell him? What does that mean? Also, I want to ask him, and we could ask Vinny about this as well, when Mark Davis has to come out and say, Head coach Joshua Daniels is going to be the, the head coach of the Raiders for years to come. When he has to say that eight weeks into the season, what does that tell him? Because I'll tell you right now, Mark Davis can meet with head coach Joshua Daniels anytime he wants, and he probably does. I meet with my boss all the time. We meet once a week. And matter of fact, normally we meet on Tuesdays. But since I'm here in Arizona, we didn't meet today. But I can meet with my boss any time. And she can meet with me anytime. And she never, ever has to tweet out that, hey, Q's going to be the program director and the afternoon host of the radio station for years to come. She don't have to do that, right? I mean, that's just, it's just what it is. So we all know, and obviously we're talking about, you know, two different things, apples and oranges. But at the same time, he's the boss. He can meet with Josh McDaniels anytime. We know that he's met with him a couple times after tough losses to the Tennessee Titans and obviously the New Orleans Saints. And so that leaves... You know, speculation of what's going on. Is he fed up? Is he angry? Is there going to be some moves? And then he has to come out and say that, no, he's going to be the head coach. But I just want to know what kind of ringing endorsement that is and what that might mean. And again, John McClain has been covering the league so long that I could ask him in a way of, I'm just trying to get information. I'm not trying to stir nothing up. I'm not trying to say anyone's on the hot seat. I want to get his opinion of what that means when an owner is talking to uh, you know, the, 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 the head coach of the team and has to come out eight weeks into the season and say that he's the guy moving forward. So John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. 
Excited about this guest, Lincoln Kennedy. He joins us every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock to talk about the previous game, and then on Thursdays he'll talk about the upcoming game. And normally myself, JT, and Lincoln, we do the Raiders roundtable on Tuesdays, but since I was flying, Eddie Pascal stepped in for me, so I do appreciate that. You can actually hear that podcast coming up after the show today. So at 5.01, when uh, when this show is over, you can stay here right on Raider Nation Radio 920 and hear that conversation. And I heard JT talking about it, saying that it was fire, and Lincoln did not hold back. Damon, we know Lincoln is a very prideful man. Lincoln is a guy that always talks about all I want is wins. He talks about the Raiders need to go and get it done. He's a former Raider, a multiple-time pro bowler, and he's a guy that doesn't like excuses. So I know when I saw that performance from the Raiders on Sunday, I thought, boy, that conversation with Lincoln on Tuesday is going to be something. Oh, it's got to be because if we can say with our eyes, hey, that was one of the worst performances that any team has had this season in the NFL. Imagine him, like you said, someone that has pride for the organization. Mm-hmm. Someone, when it was Chiefs week, he was said that he would always go up to the GM and say, hey, <laughs> let me just put on the jersey just for this one game. Right. So he still got that burning passion for the team. So, yeah. I can't wait. Exactly. 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy. I'm guaranteeing that that's going to be some good stuff. But make sure you tune in at 5.01 as well and listen into the Raider Roundtable with JT the Brick, Lincoln Kennedy, and Eddie Pascal as they do the Raider Roundtable. And if you want to check it out on YouTube, it's out there right now. But again, I encourage you to check it out after 5 o'clock, after Unnecessary Roughness is over. And then our final guest for today, I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I'm in Arizona because I want to see Western Oregon uh, play compete in basketball this evening against Arizona. So Coach West. Uh, Pfeiffer is going to join us. He is the head coach. He's going to join the show just to talk about the experience, what it means for a team that's a D2 program, similar to DeMond, similar to when UNLV went to Notre Dame. I mean, we knew that they weren't going to win the game. Nobody had expectations UNLV was going to go in there and win the game. But one, we knew it was a hell of experience for the, the players. And two, it's also a good measuring stick to kind of find out where you are when you're playing up to your competition. You're playing a lot better competition. Make no mistake about it, Arizona is 17th ranked in the country. Western Oregon is D2. So this is going to be one hell of an experience. Uh, I'm excited for the players, but we're going to talk to Coach uh, Pfeiffer at 430, just talking about what he thinks this means for his team, how they could build on this. And this is just an exhibition game. So it's going to prepare them for actual league play when they get ready to get started, when they get this season started. And they only have a couple exhibition games, then boom, the regular season starts. So I'm excited to talk to Coach at 4.30. Little Q does not know that we're here in town. Uh, I'm sure he'll probably find out once he sees that uh, you know Coach Pfeiffer's on the radio. He'll be like, wait a minute, hold on, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm just talking to this radio guy named Q. Oh, like my daddy Q? <laughs> so uh, he'll probably put two and two together sooner rather than later, but... Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun talking to, to Coach Pfeiffer at 430. And Q, something that it made me think about, I follow the John Rothsteins, the Jeff Goodmans, the college basketball yeah. insiders, and when they tweet, hey, like whichever team, whichever D1 team lost an exhibition game to whatever D2 college, I was already thinking about it once you texted me the name, just, hey, your son could be a part of one of those teams where, hey, a shocking upset in an exhibition, Arizona loses to Western Oregon by 15 points. Right. And I love those tweets because then it makes you think, hey, man, what's wrong with Arizona? But also <laughs> on the other side, how good, how hard were those D2's kids playing, you know, because they knew, hey, this is our shot. I, hey, Doug, I'll tell you right now, if I was a D2 kid or if I was on, if I was playing at any level doing anything with a bunch of dudes that I knew were absolute dudes, like next level dudes, I would leave everything I got out there on that court. Right. I mean, if I was doing if I was doing radio, even when we were in ESPN Central Texas, man, when I was in little old Waco, Texas, and we were on Radio Row, we had Dallas next to us. We had Houston next to us. We had San Antonio next to us. San Francisco was around us. Man, I was doing radio bigger and better. Right. I was loud and proud and 
You know, letting those wings flap because, look, man, I don't care where y'all from. I'm telling you how I'm about to come, right, how we're about to make it happen. So, uh, man, this is their time to shine. And, and, look, all these kids could play. You know, they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not on scholarship for no reason. They all could go out there and play, and this is an opportunity for them to show who they are too. You know, there might be someone on this Arizona staff that says, hey, you know what, that, that cat right there is pretty damn good. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> we might have a position for that guy or, or anything. You never know. Just get on the radar, people. This is what it's all about, man. You never know. This is the one thing I do know. You never know who's listening to you. You never know who's watching you. You never know nothing. When you're out there doing what you do, you put everything you got into it because it could change your life. One great show, one great game, one great anything could change who you are and change your life forever. So true, but another thing, hey, that assistant at Arizona, he can get a job somewhere else. Yeah, he needs to fit, he needs to fill out the staff. Good Man, point. Remember that Western Oregon game? Yep, that's mm. a good point. That's a great point. So uh, we'll we'll talk to Coach Wes Pfeiffer coming up at four thirty as we close up our uh, our guest lineup for today's show. Very excited about everyone we're going to talk to, and of course Raider Nation, we're always excited to talk to you as well. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. That's the Raider Nation listener line, and the text line we have is six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Always wide open, like some old school TV antennas. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So i got a couple different things I want to talk about on today's show. And really, I just wanted to start to turn the page, you know, get that ugly Saints loss out of our minds and out of our, our, our just thoughts and everything and start to turn the page to the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll officially do that tomorrow when we start, you know, talking about that game. But, uh, you know, it's Today is a trade deadline. One to talk about trades. Again, I thought that there was no chance that the Raiders were going to bring in anybody. And I know a lot of Raider Nation uh, wanted the Raiders to go out there and make some moves. So when Vinny tweeted out no deals came to fruition for the Raiders today, they had various discussions, but nothing uh, was consummated. Uh, There was a tweet from a guy named Michael, and I'm just using this as an example. LOL, I swear, we have the dumbest front office in the league sometimes, but I'm going to try and stay positive. And I want to ask, and I want to throw it out there, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Did you expect a trade? Did you expect the Raiders to, to go out and bring somebody in? If so, who and why? And, and I'm not saying why like in a smart-ass type of way. I'm not saying that like that. Just, you know, what were that, that person going to do? The reason I didn't think that there was going to be a trade made is because I, I don't feel like with what we saw on Sunday, they're one player away and no, enough to give up draft capital that you could use next year to bring that, like, you have to get that guy right now when you can't just go and do some really good scouting and get some quality players in the upcoming draft. Right now, if they had won that game and all of a sudden it looked like, okay, that's two in a row, they put some things together, now they got Jacksonville, they might go five and, or, you know, they might end up being a 500, and then, boom, you got the Colts who you saw were sellers today, they sold off a couple of their players. You know, it's like, okay, now maybe they can go on a run. Maybe that's what it's for. But it just, to me, it just didn't feel like, it didn't feel like it was realistic. Right. I even talked about maybe if they could move on from Chandler Jones and get under from under that contract. Great. Right. Just get a guy who could be an edge rusher for somebody. Just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. Uh, Again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I was concerned about Josh Jacobs because I did not want them to move on from him. But the way that I'm seeing some of these trades go down and some of the draft capital that some of these teams received in return for some of these players, I was thinking, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. If that happens. And I know there's multiple teams. The Rams were looking for a running back. The bull, the, the bills were looking for a running back. Uh, the Dolphins were looking for a running back, so I thought, man, if one of these teams makes a call and all of a sudden wants to get Josh Jacobs with the way he's running, I could see a team doing that, right? He's, I mean, he's balling. He's one of the best running backs in the league right now. I could absolutely see someone making that call. I was glad it didn't happen. 
But I do want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Did you expect the Raiders to go make a move? And again, like I said, in a respectful way, not being a smartass, I just want to know why. And who did, you, who did you have on the radar? Last week I had talked about Jerron Payne. I was thinking that, that could be a guy that the Raiders could go get. But I don't think the Raiders are one Jerron Payne away from being a really good team. You know, this team showed on Sunday that there's a lot of holes. A lot of holes. William Jackson, I thought he was going to get released. He ended up getting traded. So that was, you know, that was good for Washington to be able to, uh, you know, pick up a trade with William Jackson to get rid of him. He, he wasn't playing for them anyway. So I, I really, you know, I, I really don't know who would have been a realistic trade and what they would have brought to the team as it stands right now. So that's the question I want to ask. We got another question, but we'll ask it later on in the show. 702-365-9200. We'll also hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. We'll also hear from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi as they spoke with the media earlier today. And of course, you can always text us at 69187, keyword R&R. Damon, I don't know if you're having issues with the, the text line. I wanted to give you this heads up before the show, but I didn't. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it was down again, but it's working in incognito. If, so if you go incognito and you're very familiar with incognito, from no, your no, days, no. Let me stop you there. My, it's fine on the regular. <laughs> it's fine using regular Google. Hey man, I got you're the, up <laughs> you put it out there before that you used to have to surf the web on incognito. You had to, you know, creep and crawl through the internet. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. But no, yeah, no, none of that. <laughs> okay, so it's it's working for you. Good. Okay, good. Well, it's working for me too. I just had to go incognito on it, so uh, that that'll work. But I do want to hear from you. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Got a text from the seven zero seven. It's so funny. Every time I see this text from the 707, uh, all I could think of is, uh, it, well, my time in the Bay Area. But uh, my first of all, my voicemail line phone number on for my Lockdown Raiders podcast starts with 707. But all I could think of is when I see the 707, 707 is the area code. Like, all I could think about is that old E-40, that old, you know, Valley Joe hip-hop, you know, all the all that stuff, man. Uh, Mac Dre before he went hyphy, Mac Maul, all those cats. That's all I could think of. When I see 707, every single time I see 707, that's all I think of. Anyway, getting back to this text said, I'm disappointed they didn't make a move, but not as buyers. In my opinion, the season is gone. They should have sent Jacobs out so they have something for future instead of letting him walk. And see, that's what I thought. Thank you again for that text. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I really, as I said, I didn't want that to happen. Um, you know, I, I look, <laughs> you're right that the smart business would have been to go ahead and trade them for like a second round pick, especially if you don't plan on re-signing them. And maybe they do plan on re-signing them. But man, I didn't want to, I didn't want to see that happen. I really didn't. I mean, look, Josh Jacobs has been the brightest spot for the Raiders so far this season between him and Max Crosby. Those two spots have been the, the, the brightest things that they've got going for them. I did not want to see the Raiders lose one of those today for a second round pick or whatever the case may be. So again, smart business. Glad it didn't happen. Got a text from Vegas Pete. Trading the corner, maybe, but the way the season's going, they'll have top 10 picks, so you don't want to deal those. And uh, I'm with you right there. That's Vegas Pete, and that's another reason. Uh, look, you know, if you play your cards right, depending on how this season shakes out, you'll probably have plenty of draft capital, and you'll probably have some really high picks and get some really good, talented dudes. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. Let's hear from you. Uh, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Reggie. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? My guys, what's going on, man? I'm just trying to trying my best to get through this. Uh, do you hear that playback? I'm hearing the playback for some reason. Uh, you got your radio up? Turn your radio down. Oh, I got it down. Can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Well, anyway, the trip is, man, coming through this, not expecting that much. I was hoping that we would be better. But after the week three loss, the way week three happened, 
kind of took my expectations down. Mm-hmm. But then now looking at it, it's like the team fell off, man. They were we were winning those close games last year. Yeah, we we made it to the playoffs barely, but we made it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to at least keep that level and win these close games and beat the teams we supposed to beat. But that's uh, Saints game, man. That took the sail off the boat, and I, I don't have no expectations. I did think they might trade Josh. I didn't want them to, but same reason that your text person said, you know, you know, trade them instead of just letting them go. But right now, man, it's like I don't really expect them to do much, but I'm just hoping they have enough dang heart to go out here and give 100% and not come out looking like they did against the Saints ever again. That was disgusting. Raider Nation, stand up. I cannot wait to see y'all at the crib. No matter what, it's all Raider Nation on mine. And I'm going to see you real soon, Q. I'm coming to one of your radio shows. You feel me? I got it's you. On. I got Raider you. Nation, stand up. Let's go. There he goes, Raider Reggie. Appreciate the call, my man. Good stuff. And, yeah, uh, I don't ever want to see a performance like that again. And you know what? I, I love the way that you described that. Uh, that Saints performance took the sails right off the boat. And that's how it felt, right? Watching the game, me and the wife were watching the game, sitting in the house, uh, relaxing, you know, just kind of taking the day off and chilling, watching the game. And I think around the third corner, she kind of looked at me and I looked at her and she said something to the extent of, are they going to get going? Are they going to start playing? And I was like, Psh, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. But it just kind of felt like the team was floating around in the middle of the water with no sail, right? And so they were just hoping that they were going to sail in one direction, good or bad, but it was going to start moving, and it just never did. That's a good way to put it, man. I like that. couple quick texts. I'm from V-Town, dude, 707. That's from the 816. Uh, good stuff. I didn't know this, and I have to Google it. I remember this day when it happened, but I uh, got a text from the 707 R.I.P. Mac Dre killed today in 04. I didn't realize today was the day. I remember when he got killed. He got killed in Kansas City. I do remember that like it was yesterday, but I did not remember that it was the, today was the day, which is crazy because I was just talking about the 707. I was just talking about Mac Dre and, and, and Vallejo, the Valley Joe, as I like to call it, E-40 and company, right? That's wild, man. And, and then we found out earlier today that Takeoff uh, you know, passed away, got shot in Houston uh, from the Migos, and uh, he got shot playing in a dice game in a bowling alley. Like, this is just ridiculous that – Things keep on happening to, to our youngsters, man. That's why I stay, say it all the time. Stay safe out there, and I mean it. Every time the wife leaves the house, every time the kids leave the house, last thing I tell them, be safe. Be safe. And they probably look at me like, oh, God, here he goes. But I mean it, man. I mean it to, to my core. Be safe out there because you never know what's going down. So RIP to Mac Dre. Definitely RIP to take off from the Migos. I uh, got a text from Jay in Vegas. Hey, Q, your boss doesn't have to say that because you do a good job, LOL. That being said, I think Mark Davis has said McDaniel's job is safe because it probably isn't. And I would hope that by the end of the season, the Raiders have a package together for the Saints for the rights of Sean Payton because, in my opinion, McDaniel's is not head coach material and not because of his first seven games but because he's doing the same things that got him fired in Denver. He said he learned from that experience, but clearly he hasn't. That's from Jay in Vegas. And you know what? There's always you know that conversation about coaches that are great coordinators that might not necessarily be great head coaches and I know we had a lot of people calling in uh, throughout the course of the the offseason the uh, the uh, training camp preseason 
oh, I think Joshua Daniels might be a better coordinator than he's a head coach. And I'm, I was all in. I still am all in thinking, oh, he's going to get things figured out. He's going to be a really good head coach, especially with all these weapons. He, he hand chose the, uh, the Raiders. He wanted to be the coach of the Raiders. So, you know, I'm still all in. But, you know, for anyone who's out there questioning, that's, that's fair. That's fair because that's what's being created. Let's take one more quick call from uh, NorCal Raider before we take a break. Welcome to the show, NorCal. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't trade uh, um, Josh Jacobs today. I was kind of thinking they were going to trade him because why, why have him on your team? He's playing well. You're showcasing him for the NFL, and, no, and they don't make a trade for him. It doesn't make any sense. Um, obviously, you have other needs. Your team needs, has needs everywhere. Almost right. the whole entire team, besides besides uh, Waller and um, you know uh, Crosby and a few other players, but even Carr, like we have to, we're going to have to evaluate the whole position. So, um, and when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, jo- uh, Josh McDaniels, we got to give him time. If we go back in the time, I don't know if you guys remember, but some people in the nineties, um, Bill Belichick was playing for the Browns, and they were a pretty horrible team. I think they made a lot of mistakes during their last years of them being the Browns before they became a Ravens team. They were pretty bad, and he got fired. So, and look at him where he ended up going to, you know, ended up becoming the Patriots coach a few years later. But we got to give him time. These are not, not his guys, and I'm wondering if all the guys see it, and they're kind of just playing it by ear this year, and just they're not, they're not focused. And you could tell there's there's something going on. I don't know if it's the core, but I know you got to give um, you got to give Josh and him time. You have to give him at least three to four years. We can't keep changing coaches. Can't be doing that. We've been doing it, and it has not worked. You know, unless unless the guy starts doing stuff that uh, the Jaguars coach is doing with getting lap dances, other than that, leave the guy there. Let him let him manifest. Let him let him do work, and and we'll just see what happens here in about three to three to four years. That's all we can do. All right. Well, thank you for the call. I I don't think anyone wants to wait three to four years, and I think that that honestly that probably used to be a good timeline in the NFL, but now it's not really like that. In the NFL, it's win now. Right. If you're not winning this year, you might get next year. If you don't win next year, you probably are on your way out or else you're entering that third season like Matt Rule did in Carolina on the hottest seat ever. You saw how quickly they moved on from him. They just it's not a waiting period anymore in the NFL. And whether that's right or wrong, teams aren't allowed to let guys just go ahead and stand there and stand there and get all their guys in. And and you know, what I mean, like I just I don't see that happening anymore in the league. And I'll say one thing. I know you mentioned trading Josh Jacobs and you don't understand, you know, uh, why you wouldn't trade him when you have all these other holes. If you were to trade Josh Jacobs, right now he's the heart and soul of the team. And I know that, first of all, he's, one of, he's, he's probably my favorite player on the team. So uh, taking, taking that part of it out, he's the heart and soul of the team right now. If you were to trade the heart and soul of the team, what does that tell you the rest of the locker room? If you, haven't, if you haven't got them all on your side right then and there, when you make the move to trade the heart and soul of your team right now, then you're really, you're really separating that locker room. So I think it would have done more harm than good, even if they were to get a second-round pick or something like that. Even though I know business is business and the NFL is always going to be business, you have to think from it, that standpoint as well. If the heart and soul of your team just gets traded away and he's really been the only one that's been consistently performing – what is the rest of the players in the locker room going to say? They're going to look around and be like, J.J.? I know you didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but damn, J.J.? So I think that that's something to consider as well. But you bring up some good points. 2.30 is the time. I'm in Tucson. DeMond's in Las Vegas. The Raiders are in Air- or not in Arizona. They're in Jacksonville. Not in Jacksonville either. They're in Florida. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> They're in Florida. We'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor. He's in Florida with them. He's coming up next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And before we get to Vinny Bonsignor, who joins us all the way live from Sarasota, Florida, as he is with the Silver and Black, they're preparing for their game this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did want to read a text from uh, from the 408 69187 keyword R and R. That's the text line. You can chime in at any point, even while we're talking to Vinny. If you have a question for him, the text said, "Beginning of the season, y'all were like the roster stack, going to be some tough cuts, and good players going to be cut. Blah blah. Now y'all are like so many holes." Team's not close, shaking my damn head. And let me respond to that real quickly before we get to Vinny. You're absolutely right. And I've never, ever shied away from saying I was wrong. I've never shied away. If you've listened to me ever, I've never shied away with saying, my bad, I got something wrong. In training camp, when I was there every single day in the 105-degree heat with Vinny Bonsignor, I watched training camp. It looked like a very talented team. I believe they had a very talented head coach that was going to make some really good play calls and was going to set the team up for a lot of success. Yes, I did believe that. I also believe they were going to be very competitive in the AFC West, which was going to be the toughest division in football. Obviously, I was wrong about that as well. And I know I was not alone, but I'll own that. I'll be alone on that island by myself. That's okay. I thought the AFC West was going to be the most tough division in football. Wrong about that as well. The team did not get off to a good start. And the game on Sunday was the ultimate, okay, there's some issues going on. So at that point, when I saw the game on Sunday, I said, you know what? This team has a lot more holes or a lot more issues than I believed. So I have the right to change my mind and change my opinion instead of saying, yeah, go out and be sellers because you're one player or go out and be buyers because you're only one player away from being a championship team to no, you know what? It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If anything, be a seller on a day like today. That's my opinion. And I have that right to change my opinion as long as I don't try to BS you and not say that I was wrong. I have no problem with that. So y'all don't have to be y'all. Y'all could be me. I'll own that. Now, join us on the phone lines. You can hear him every morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang and also read his work on the Review Journal is my good friend Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, thank you so much there in Sarasota, Florida. And let's start with the big elephant in the room, the trade deadline. It came and went. The Raiders didn't make any moves. I didn't find that to be a shock. I was actually crossing my fingers hoping that they didn't trade Josh Jacobs because there was many teams that wanted a running back. What were your thoughts by the inactivity from the silver and black on the trade deadline? There was no way they were trading Josh Jacobs. Uh, so uh, anyone that even thought that uh, that might be a possibility. Uh, that, it, was it, <laughs> that was yeah, me, too. That was me, too. I was concerned, Vinny. I was concerned. I ain't going to lie yeah, to you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, it was okay to be concerned, but I, I don't think that there was any, you know, they're not waving the white flag uh, right now. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs. Uh, but right now he's part of the answer. Uh, you know, right now, this year. And they're still talking about and thinking about this year. There's still 10 games uh, left to play. Um, they weren't going to, you know, um, sacrifice draft picks for guys that were just going to be rentals. Uh, guys have to be available. Um, any of the, you know, the players that, that we saw get, got, that have gotten traded uh, or did get traded during the offseason, I'm not sure there were, you know, a whole lot of fits. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, the linebacker from the Chicago Bears that went to the Baltimore Ravens. But, but even at that, 
you're going to have to pay that guy a lot of money. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a, a, an issue uh, because there were no guarantees that they were going to be able to do that, um, you know, uh, the Raiders, and, and, and keep Rick one for a long period of time. So um, you have to you have to uh, take that into account uh, as well. So there weren't any trades that made deal made sense for the Raiders from the perspective of not just helping them right now, but being part of the long range uh, as well. And it's hard sometimes to come together on a deal that satisfies both objectives. Right, no doubt. And now let me ask you this, Vinny: Did the loss on Sunday? take the Raiders out of the running of trying to acquire a, a, a draft pick, you know what I mean, and give up some draft capital and try to try to acquire some talent, I should say. I'm sorry. No, I think that um, I don't think that that, that changed the way the Raiders uh, are looking at things. I think what, what should change from the Raiders' perspective is they saw what real desperation looked like from a Saints team that was playing with a sense of urgency, kind of the same sense of urgency that we've heard the Raiders talk about. Well, the Saints embodied it, and they came and brought the fight to the Raiders, and the Raiders were not ready, not prepared to answer that. But if you want to talk about any kind of a lesson that can be learned, that's what real desperation looks like, and that's how desperate the Raiders need to play from here on out, and not just talk about it and not just say that there's going to be urgency, but actually act on it. And they saw what real desperation looks like, uh, and if they can kind of bottle that up and say that was the one lesson, the major lesson that they learned, from Sunday is that's the kind of desperation that you have to play with because that's what the Saints were facing. Remember, they weren't that much better record-wise than the Raiders. They still felt like they were in this thing, and maybe they played their way into things now uh, by playing as desperate as they did on Sunday. I think that that's what the Raiders need pretty much more than anything else right now. You could have brought in a player. I I, I wouldn't rule out a Sidney um, uh, Jones who was just released by the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe that's a guy that they they would bring in. I think there's going to be some interest there. Um, but they're not going to trade away a first-round pick or a second-round pick for anything uh, short-term. It had to have been short and long-term. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest right now. Uh, of course, you can find his work on the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and you can hear him every morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And um, speaking of Sidney Jones, Jordan Schultz tweeted at us uh, and, and tweeted his about Sidney Jones being released, and he also said, I like him for y'all. So basically saying that he thinks that that would be a good fit with the silver and black. And he was actually a guy, Vinny, last week I was talking about maybe a sixth-round pick, maybe a seventh-round pick, because it looks like he's not going to be long for Seattle. So do you think that Sidney Jones, who was injured early in his career but started a lot last year. You think he could be a good fit for the Raiders? I do. Um, when you look at the fact that you know Nate Hobbs uh, is still out, uh, it's going to be at least two more games before he's ready to cut or he's uh, eligible to come off uh, the the injured reserve list. Uh, and then you know getting him ready to play again that's that's a whole other issue. Um, you know Anthony Averett has not played well really since coming off uh, the injured list, so. They need some help uh, at cornerback, and, and here's a guy that has experience. He started, I think, six games last year, played uh, 16 games, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, was, did well uh, in terms of you know, the tackles and, and played well. He's a solid cornerback, somebody that can help right now for the Raiders. So uh, without question, and when you look at you know, the Raiders' biggest issue, I know that they played horribly uh, offensively. Nobody is going to you know, sugarcoat that. They played a terrible football game offensively. But I do wonder if that was just, kind of an aberration. They haven't played that bad this year. Was that the outlier um, of how they play, you know, of, 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 as bad as they play offensively, uh, but that was a one and done. The, the real issue to me, the biggest issue is defensively. They can't stop anybody right now. They're giving up way too much of the middle of the field. They're not getting enough pass rush. 
They're having difficulty defending people in the pass game. Their tackling uh, has been shoddy uh, the last couple of weeks. That's what really needs to get fixed more than anything. I would expect the Raiders' offense to bounce back. Uh, you know, off of their performance uh, on Sunday. Uh, if that continues, obviously that's a huge problem. But I think first and foremost, getting that defense straightened out a little bit um, is, is the biggest issue facing the Raiders. And again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignore here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Before DeMond gets one in, I did want to ask you, I don't want to dwell too much on Sunday's game because, well, it's Sunday's game and now we're on Tuesday. But mm-hmm. all in all, like you said, they can't have a performance like that. What do you actually think happened when they went out there to New Orleans on Sunday? I don't. They, they just weren't ready. Uh, they weren't ready to play at the level you need to play at against another desperate team. Um, and you could tell almost from the get-go that the Saints came in with a whole different mindset uh, than the Raiders, and that's what's unacceptable about uh, about it. You know, again, they've talked about playing with urgency. Everything about their record, the Raiders' record coming into Sunday's game, screamed: you have to play with desperation. You have to play with an edge. You have to play. Uh, with a sense of urgency, and the Saints did it, and the Raiders didn't. And that's the one thing that, you know, I want to see what happens on Sunday. Did they finally see what, what it really looks like? Forget talking about it uh, and saying it and, you know, and, and pledging to do it. You have to actually do it. And from across the board, starting with the offensive line, the defensive line, short of maybe Max Crosby, nobody played with that level of um, desperation and, and urgency, and they learned a harsh lesson because if you don't bring it in this league, that's what can happen. You can get embarrassed, and all of a sudden, coaches, you know, you're talking about, are they going to fire their coach? Are they going to trade Derek Carr? Are they going to get rid of Josh Jacobs? That's what happens when you don't come correct. I'll say this: over the first, the previous six weeks of the season, was were there results there? No, but they, but they. They showed up to play in those games. You know, things didn't yeah. go their way. It's unacceptable. We all get that. But they played professionally. They didn't on Sunday. And look what happens when you don't. They're talking behind your back. They're talking to your face. They're talking about you on Twitter. Coaches are getting fired, all those things. Do the Raiders really want to go through that again? If there's any sense of pride in that locker room and professionalism, they're going to make sure that that was a one and done. Something that you mentioned about, something that you talked about during the press conference today with the coaches was about the middle of the field being open. You asked defensive coordinator Patrick Graham about that. With his answers, do you think that that's actually something that's going to be fixable for this Raiders team, the middle of the field being open when it comes to running backs out of the backfield? You you hope, but I don't know because it's been open for, let's be honest, it's been open for a couple years now, you know, maybe multiple years. For whatever reason, the Raiders have difficulty uh, when it comes to defending running backs and tight ends uh, and really wide receivers slant patterns in the middle of the field. I mean, it's, it's a kind of a combination of things. Uh, you have to get a pass rush, too. You have to get a hand up on the quarterback. You have to make life difficult uh, for the quarterback. The, Andy Dalton just sat back there on Sunday and was able to pretty much do whatever we want. We're talking about Andy Dalton. We're not talking about you know uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> We're not talking about one of the real good... Joe Burrow, one of the great quarterbacks, uh, young quarterbacks. We're talking about Andy Dalton, who's been cast off by three teams over the last three years. But even at that level, if you let somebody just sit back there in the NFL at this level, they're going to be able to get the job done, and that's exactly what happened. So whether it was the middle of the field, the perimeter, um, not getting pass rush and not being able to defend are just huge problems right now. And I don't that's, – that's, that, that, that's, that's the question that I have. Can they get that part of it fixed? 
Vinny Boston, you are our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I wanted to ask you this, and Mike had a question that he wanted me to ask you as well, and I'll get to it in a second. But Mark Davis, you know, passed along the word to you that Josh McDaniels is the head coach for years to come. And, look, it's only eight weeks into the NFL season, and he had to say that because I guess we all knew that he had the second meeting with, with uh, Josh McDaniels. What do you read into that? You've been a guy covering the league for a long time. Well, I mean, I asked him, you know, I texted him to find okay. out because okay. I had seen some quote-unquote reports out there. I thought they were baloney, to be honest with you, but I got to do my job as well. And, right. you know, I can't just yep. take anything for granted. Yep. So I literally texted him and said, hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is I'm not hearing. This is what I'm reading. You know, what's the, what basically, you know, is anything going on? And, you know, in, in his words, it's all false. And that okay. Josh McDaniel is going to be the head coach here for now and for many years to come. So it wasn't the dreaded vote of confidence. Like, he didn't come out and just say it. Okay. I asked him, and he okay. answered. Um, and, and, I, and I think that uh, he, I think he's being honest. Look, the Raiders have been an impulsive, kind of impatient um, program or, or organization for far too long. Yep. You know, and you can't keep just pulling the plug in, plugging it yep. back in with somebody else and trying this and moving on to that. You can't be like that. Number one, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's just, it doesn't set you out for long range. If you're not going to let something, you know, play out, um, then, then why even bother, number one? Number two, um, who's going to want to come coach here if, right. if Josh McDaniels gets fired after seven games? You think Sean Payton is going to say, oh, yeah, right. uh, so if I don't get it done in seven games, I'm going to get fired? Uh, yeah, that's not a place that I want to be a part of. Uh, and, and it takes sometimes patience. And letting things unfold. Dave Ziegler, and he just put together a staff, you know, yep. That, yep. that hasn't even really together seen, a, you know, overseen a draft. He was kind of working with a bunch of moving parts. You got to let that play out. You got to let Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler bring in their guys. And I'm not saying that means you have to sabotage this season or you're not playing for long or short term uh, uh, goals because you are. Obviously, they, they, they understood that this year is important as well. That's why they went out and made the moves. That they made, they knew that they, they that they wanted to win, and they felt like there was an opportunity to win in the short term, and that still, you know, is possible with ten games left if they can get it together. But uh, yeah, this wasn't anything like Mark Davis, you know, wanted to get the word out. I literally asked him the question, and that was his response. Okay, no, that's and I'm glad you said that because I didn't know that. I had no, I mean, obviously, I'm not there in Florida, so I didn't know uh, what the the context of it is. All I saw was on Twitter, and it's been ran with in a major way. I don't know if you've seen the articles that are out there, but you know, I've seen everything from Davis is is frustrated and done with I mean, all this stuff. But again, I guess you've seen them because that's why you uh, that's why yeah, you said. And also, real quick, uh, sorry to cut you off. But, no, you're good. You know, coaches and coaches and 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 uh, and, and the owners have meetings after every game, basically. I mean, yeah. everything that I've ever, every NFL team that I see, the coach goes over there and talks to the, uh, to the head coach. It's not in front of everybody. A lot of times it's in, you know, in an office or something like that to get a state of the franchise. You know, Mark Davis isn't at practice every day and all that type of stuff. So, you know, you're going to get a status report. You're going to talk to the coach after the game, win or lose. So I don't think that there was anything unusual about that either. Okay, there you go. That works. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. He's in Sarasota, Florida, keeping up with the team. So they're back on the practice field tomorrow. So I know Josh Jacobs, after the game, said that he expects the team to play and practice pissed off. What are your expectations when they hit the practice field tomorrow? You know, uh, I don't know, um, but I'm curious to find out. Uh, I, 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 they have to be what, what Josh McDaniel said: come out and practice angry, um, and and you know respond accordingly. And it, and I think it does require you know all 53 uh, and the 47, 48 guys that dress uh, on, on game day to look themselves in the mirror and decide: okay, 
I want to play, and I'm going to play at the necessary emotional level, physicality level, all of those things. That's what it requires. You know, I've, a lot of people, I'm sure you're hearing this too on Twitter, where are the team leaders to get? If you're requiring or need Mac Hollins, or Derek Carr or Max Crosby to fire up everybody else at this point. Come on, man. You know, this isn't that that's not how it should be. It should be each guy on their own right. understands what's required of them and is willing to go play the game at that high of a uh, emotional and, and efficiency level. Um, so that's what it's going to require. And as they've been talking about, I know it sounds like cliches, but that started yesterday. That started right after the game on Sunday. You have to get dialed in to the next opponent, the next day, the next meeting, the next weightlifting and conditioning, uh, the next practice, the next walkthrough. And you have to honor all of those steps along the way and also honor the opponent that you're playing by coming correct to play them. That's what it requires. That's how you win at a consistent level at this level. And until the Raiders can fix that or, 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 or do that, they're going to have um, you know, disappointing afternoons. I'm not saying that they're going to lay the gigantic egg that they laid, laid on, on, on Sunday. I, I still think that that's going to be an outlier. But they're not going to win the necessary amount of games until everybody buys into themselves at that level. It's not just buying into the game plan or buying into the, what the coach is selling. It's, it's you yourself as an individual player on this team collectively playing to the level that's required. There you go. I think, Vinny, I think you need to go give him a pregame speech, man, before the game starts on Sunday. I think you need to be like, all right, fellas, hold on, let me tell you something. Vinny's coming with the heat today. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Final question for you, Vinny, and this is, has nothing to do with the Raiders. Uh, the Jaguars, who the Raiders play this Sunday, traded for Calvin Ridley. Obviously, he's not going to be a factor until next season as he's suspended. Did you know, you've been covering the league for a long time, did you know that you could trade for a suspended player? I did not know that, um, but uh, obviously uh, the Jaguars uh, group knew knew that. Obviously, they did. They took a little bit of a took a little bit of a risk, but you know what? Um, if they can move. get him back, this it's is a guy a that trade. can play. You yeah, know what I'm and they're not going anywhere necessarily this year. Right. You know, they're they're kind of laying the, fr- the the foundation. So for them, you know, uh, a, a player that can can pay off down the road. Uh, that's the that's a wise investment. You know, if, if he, I agree. To get past, I don't even think it was a problem or anything like that. It was just a mistake that he made, obviously. Right. Um, and it doesn't appear to be any kind of a bad apple or anything like that. That could be a great trade down the line. I agree. I think so as well. I just, like I said, it caught me off guard because I had never heard of a, a team trading for a suspended player. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't mind learning something yeah. new every day. Well, Vinny, if you don't mind, man, uh, I'd love to check in with you again tomorrow since I know you're there in Florida. I'd love to check in with you at some time. We can work it out at a, you know, we'll send a text to each other and figure out what time. But I would love to check in with you tomorrow just to see how things are progressing there in Sarasota. Absolutely. And I think uh, I just saw the schedule, so I think it'll all work out, even at, like right around this time. Okay. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. I appreciate you. Great stuff from Sarasota. Way to bring the fire. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, there he goes. Vinny Bonsignor. He, hey, man, the Bonsignor and Vinny came out today, boy. Vinny was bringing the heat. I ain't mad at him. 2.53 is the time. A little extended conversation with Vinny right there. You can check him out on the morning tailgate, and he'll be back with us tomorrow to let us know how it goes down in Sarasota, Florida. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, talk to John McClain from gallerysports.com, also from Sports Radio 610 in H-Town. That's coming up next, kicking off hour number two of Radio Nation Radio 920.